Uh, David, Let's there was it. a lag and we kicked you out and now you're back. I'm happy to be back here in your home. Well, I'm glad to have been able to welcome you back. You certainly corrected your actions and now you're welcome back in my home again. I love being told this by you in your stern, sexy, not landing way, while it looks to me on Zoom like you're wearing a blazer with no shirt underneath. Because essentially that's what I'm doing. Well, I have, a, I have a tank top, but also I'm wearing my tuxedo jacket because today's a little fancy during this quarantine time. And by the way, guys, we're really hoping that you're all staying safe. You're staying healthy. Yeah. You are doing all the things that you're supposed to do. If your local governments are telling you um, that you can go back to getting a massage, please don't. Um, even though that massage therapist probably needs your financial support. Yeah. I saw a photo today of... I believe it's in Georgia, of an open nail salon operating. And at the foot of this woman getting a manicure is a woman on her knees wearing what looks like a clear full body recyclable garbage bag, uh, a, a paper mask over her face, goggles. And then she has one of those shields, the yeah. sort of shields that is like a headband. And she's doing a lady's nails. And on one level, you think, well, the immediate thing I think of the image is like, oh, that's crazy that anyone needs, needs their nails done that bad. But then I think of being a person who is willing to yeah. look down at this person making maybe over minimum wage on their knees, shrouded in plastic so that I can get a French tip. And I'm like, I would hope, I hope a bus would hit me when I walked out. That's yeah. Like, you now know, getting your roots done is different. Getting your roots done. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, but yeah. No, but it's like, I, I think about that a lot because I think about some of the people who are, who are relaxing their own restrictions and who are kind of creating their own set of rules. And like you don't, a friend yeah. of mine and I were talking about this this morning. You don't want to be that person. Like you, you want to do what's right. Uh, to make sure that everybody is taking care is taking care of and that nobody's yeah. feeling like they're at risk for you. Like I, I have to give myself like a hair trim, you know, and like, and, and do my own haircuts and stuff like that. And it's like, it's not easy, but you do it. And that's a tiny, tiny sacrifice compared to what people in history have sacrificed in order to make everybody else safe and well. And that's, yeah. This is our World War II. This is like, you know, I mean, it's very different, but this is like, what are we going to do in order to help everybody else and make everybody feel safe? Well, it's interesting because it feels like the last, really starting right before Trump's election, I, I feel like there were all these issues that rose up in the culture that were all about sort of forcing us all to contemplate the extent to which people don't regard a problem as necessary and necessary to like look at or observe if it doesn't affect them. And it started, you know, I remember like before the election, remember it seemed like every week a, a person of color was getting shot by a police officer outside their car. Do you remember when that just happened nonstop for like six months? And then we got into- It's still happening you know, by before, the way. Oh, still happening, literally. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, we had queer issues and then the tra uh, trans rights movement really rose up in the culture. It was a thing. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, like it just seems like increasingly I get it. Like no one cares if they're not affected. And it's almost seems like we finally arrived at this thing where it's like the powers that be were looking down at this sort of mechanism repeating and they were like, I know, let's give them this. Yeah. Let's see if they care if they'll literally murder each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's... And it turns out we kind of do. We kind of do. I think a lot of people are doing the right thing and a lot of people are taking it seriously. And um, I applaud everybody who 
is continuing to do that. We are safely recording uh, from Zoom at, in our homes. And when we go out, we have face masks. Um, I know the LA City Council, at least my LA City Council member sent out masks over. Oh, he's putting it on, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and so now I have this. This, this came from my city councilor who uh, is leaving office in disgrace. But he sent out a goodie bag, which I think is lovely. And it had- it's full a of like of... weird sex shit. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, you got a face mask. Um, it, was like, it was like an odd number of face masks and a roll of toilet paper I, that's probably very rough. I love that that mask is one of those really, it's kind of my favorite shade of powder blue, beaded paper ones that are the heavy paper. Ever since I've been seeing those around a lot, I imagine that there's like a drag race challenge where the queens have to make like formal wear out of like items. I want to take and waste because we need those masks now, those blue paper ones, cut them and line them up so that they become the pleats of like a formal shirt, like a Ooh. prom shirt you'd wear under a jacket. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I do. I think you're getting into, so, you know, all of this talk, listen, all of this talk about the seriousness of what's going on right now, plus uh, formal wear, not today. that kind of pleat, that kind of, yeah, well, we're not really doing formal wear today. We're not going to proms, but we decided to get into a frivolous and stupid program with our guests, and we're just thrilled because she's a favorite. You know, we, we love having her, and we felt like we really just wanted to have some fun today. Not that we don't have fun with our other guests. I like that we've started very intense and now we're moving on to, and just to be clear, before we introduce her, I want to say that in honor of the show we're talking about, we just talked about all that heavy shit. Jonathan <laughs> is wearing a blazer, he yeah. says, with a tank top. I just can't see under it. I am wearing a kind of little like go-go boy tank top, but I felt bad because of our guest, so I put a red bow tie on. And our guest is wearing a tiara, uh, a glittering sequin jacket, and she has been muted for our intro, just sort of letting us know she agrees or here's a thing. And it's like watching a beautiful silent film. Oh yeah, but in color. Yes. Does that mean I can a... talk now? Yeah. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, you're you're doing it whether we say you can or not. Please welcome back Linda Bailey Walsh. Hi. It's Hi. great to see you. You're... It's your room great is to the see most people, isn't it? <laughs> your room is the most fabulous. Like. It, what do you, is it a pistachio or is it kind of more of a lime sherbet? It's always hard it's, to tell. Yeah, like a vermilion. Ooh. Wow. Yes. Yes. And then I have my, my uh, Chinese screen, which if you go to the other side, it's black and it has like pearlized flowers oh. embedded in it. Oh, this is you, my office. Do you, do you turn it sometimes just to mix up the, the Sometimes room? I do, just to sort of shake wow. things up. Yeah. You are yeah, every right? now and then. Usually, when I'm when I'm procrastinating about writing, I start moving all the furniture. It's usually how that goes for me. <laughs> I right. clean. Yeah. Um, you yeah. are exactly. reminding me. I think it's the makeup and everything. But you're like a sister of Harriet Sansom Harris right now. If you know who that is, the actor Harriet Harris. I, I oh. do. She's not. like she's like in everything. 
I recently oh, yes. saw her in Hollywood. She was on ho- in Hollywood as Eleanor Roosevelt. <gasps> Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh. Oh, 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 well, that is just what <laughs> every lady wants to be told. No, she is otherwise. <laughs> the way like, you look today, you remind me of Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> that is not what I said. She played Eleanor Roosevelt, and it is a hard <laughs> sell to get any actor Despite how wonderful <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt was, it is a hard sell to find an actress who will happily, with a plum, play Eleanor Roosevelt because you know yes. the the woman was lovely, but dear lord, yes, she was lovely, yes, and uh, I actually oh, was. Oh. Um, I just realized she was Frazier's agent. That's yes, why she I was. Yes, she was his bitchy. <laughs> was she English? Oh, no, but she that has that Atlantic. Yeah, she has that mid that that non-regional, just like old-time steamship kind of yeah. voice because she's oh, very old-time <laughs> old steamship. Yeah, but she's just <laughs> you know like uh-huh. anything goes. You understand? Uh, yeah. So which is a completely great. yeah. That's a complete. Oh, I see. I see. I just looked her up. She reminds me a lot of Olivia Coleman. Yeah, she's like the American Olivia Coleman. You know, she's the American. regular in the upcoming, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, Ratchet, the oh. the TV show that's about Nurse Ratchet. From oh, one, yeah. Harriet Ooh. Harris's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's a Ryan Murphy thing, and so she's mm-hmm. kind of now entered the Ryan Murphy universe by playing Eleanor Roosevelt in Hollywood, and she did Ryan a great. She did a great job. I think. How, like, did you guys watch Hollywood? Yes, that's gonna be. I that's gonna be what it. I was gonna say at the end. You started it, David. I, I think I we started it, and we we're like no, but we have to watch another one, and then we were still like no, and now we talk and we're like we do have to watch another one. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, Linda, did you finish it? I did. What do you think of it as a whole? Uh... I think it was an ambitious idea that wasn't necessarily uh, achieved the right way, gone about the right way, because there were actually, because, you know, the whole thing is like sort of retelling of the story, changing the narrative about Hollywood, right, right. but it, it sort of ignores the people who actually did do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Like you're just plowing over yeah. people who really were trailblazers to create your own alternate history. I, yeah, I love a good alternate so history. You know, I love, yeah. I know it's, it's, it's actually stunning visually. Hey, boys. <laughs> yeah. I know. But yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Visually, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But also, I love an alternate history. I love, I love a what if story. And I think it teaches you, like, especially right now. What if people were bolder? You right. should be bolder because you yeah. will move. You will take heat for what you do for your decisions, but you will also move things forward faster and do better by others if you make those bold decisions. So I think it taught us something. It has nothing to do with what we're talking yeah. about today. Yeah, it's because kind of, it's um, kind of Quentin Tarantino esque, right? Like, yeah, if you think of like I, once. I'm in Hollywood. It's sort of a. I love the way he did that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't expect to like that movie. That was that ended up really almost being my favorite of the whole season, yeah. which I didn't expect. Um, and I know that we need to talk about the show at hand, but just before right. we do this, because I just gay gasped because I did have to look up Harriet Harris to realize who she is. Yeah. But in looking up, in looking up, in looking up Ratchet, the cast is Harriet Harris, who we've talked about. Sarah Paulson, Judy Davis, Cynthia Nixon, Amanda Plummer, Sharon Stone, and Rosanna Arquette. 
So I guess wow. Cynthia Nixon, I guess Cynthia Nixon isn't running for anything. What? Yeah, yeah, she maybe. wanted to fix the MTA, maybe. but wow. she needs a paycheck. Okay. Right. So so today we're going to talk about uh, a program that, you know, we really wanted to keep up with the kids. You know, we wanted to keep up right. with like what, right. what the I was culture. Like, I want to be yeah. 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 I want to be yeah. really contemporary. Yeah. So, young ears. We need young ears. Yep. Yeah, young so, years. I wanted to help you guys with that to bring in like, mm-hmm. more young listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we turned to PBS and <laughs> we took a look at something that uh, has been rebroadcast over the years, <laughs> is usually carried by PBS affiliates in, in the middle of the country. I know that when I looked on YouTube to find some videos, all I could find was... Uh, stuff from Oklahoma City, uh, the PBS affiliate there. They really love this show. The program today, Linda, why don't you tell us? And it is a program. Yes, it is. It's very much a program. You would sit down to watch your program. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about the Lawrence Welk show. Yes. Which I'm sure there's young people just gasping, so excited to talk about this right now. (laughs) Finally, someone's going to talk about (laughs) Anybody who put their phones with their dating apps. <laughs> yeah. Dating well, anybody, anybody who watched uh, Saturday Night Live in the past 10 years will oh, know yes. that Kristen Wiig um, played a tiny, tiny-handed, <laughs> big foreheaded singer from the Finger Lakes. And that was uh, a pair that was, they were doing the Lawrence Welk show. They had yes. Fred, Fred Armisen playing Lawrence Welk. But oh my God, yeah. It was it was not far off from that. It really, really wasn't. Like in researching this, I was kind of really blown away by how much they really hit it on the money with that yeah. parody. And um, and that's the thing about the show is it's so completely opposite from anything that we think of as entertainment right now. Like in that it's it's just simple and pure there was no ulterior motives there was no and we should say so it, it was a big band show yeah it, it basically was a big band leader yeah and it was on in the 60s and 70s um it actually and, started in the 50s oh yeah in in los angeles mm-hmm. i read that yeah on ktla it was a KTLA show. Ooh. So he was actually a little background about him because I love this because he was born in 1903 and he, because um, he was famously known for having this odd accent, he was actually born in America, but he was raised in a German community I love in America. That. So he yeah. didn't speak English, I think, until, do you know? Yeah. I think it was until he was like 15 or something like that. Yeah, it was fairly late in yeah. life that he actually even learned how so that's why he always because he was sort of famous for going like and a one and a two and a, like wonderful yeah. wonderful this is a wonderful yeah, act it, it was interesting because it almost seemed like and and this happens sometimes with people that learn english later uh i can't tell when i listen to him english is a second language and also a kind of structural speech impediment <laughs> Or is it purely <laughs> just the accent? Because there does seem to be a little bit, just a little bit of the, you know, hunting for wabbits <laughs> situation. <laughs> it does, like, actually. Yeah, with like a kind Nazi doctor thing. I, it, there's a few levels, yeah. you know? Well, I always thought that he, uh, that he was like somewhat Polish. Like it wasn't necessarily yeah. German, but it was, it's a very because odd he was dialect. famous for polkas. Right. He of course he was. was a bit, he, he was famous for like bringing polkas in 
to the American home all the time. So apparently there's some crossover because I always thought of polkas as Polish, but he was German, but he had a polka on almost every single episode of that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was and like, polka. I love that the black and white ones uh, from the 50s, it was like a more modest show. And then the color ones, you know, it, it's sort of flirting with like, sketch well no it's not funny in that sense but you see like the threads of like what's going to become of 60s and 70s tv and like what you said about the the snl sketch like it's not just a big band show what happens when it really hits its stride in like the technicolor 60s is that there are always there these like family singers like Mm -hmm. there are all sorts of groups of singers usually a man and a woman or two men and two women or three women and three men it's a very equal gender and it all comes off as like this kind of weird religious family that keeps like that raises their children in a basement and then releases them to do this thing in like matching clothing (laughs) it's it's the sort of thing that i imagine if you were alive then was charming but now knowing what we know when you watch it it has that lacquer of oh what's happening can you imagine being like at a dinner or something and like and you realize that you're at a family uh like at the home of a family that's like a lawrence welk family and they like just do you want to break into song yeah let's sing a little carpenters gets to sleep with all of your wives lawrence welk will sleep with all of your wives and then oh, you'll be part of yeah. the family. Poor Lauren. Um, it's all very it's, like, a, it's, it's a very like, oh, it's a very Pollyanna Midsommar kind of thing. Like it feels, <laughs> you know, it, it's too bright and white and blonde to be safe, to go in the water. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Especially yeah. when but, you but look But it at, is funny. To me, it looks like when you look at pictures of your family, like mm-hmm. weddings or special parties, like those black and white photos, it, it, it's exactly what it looked like. Like, you know, now I look at women who wear dresses and they wore these like headpieces, not unlike what I'm wearing right now. And, you know, these very structured dresses and you think nobody wore that to a party and just stood that way, but they did. They did, did, you know, and he had sort of, the only thing I can sort of equate it to was like, I was trying to think of like what the equivalent of it is in like that anybody today would be familiar with. And the only thing I could maybe come up with was like Bob Ross, <laughs> where yeah. it was just, just it was almost yeah, like, like meditation, watch. There was no yeah. sort of agenda. He wasn't gonna take you into like Dali or French Expressionist. You know, he was just like, I'm gonna paint some little trees. I'm yeah, I love what you said about an trees. agenda. It, it's like, as you watch Bob Ross or this show, I, I found myself watching clips thinking, this can't be it. Like, this can't be all that happens. <laughs> yes, do what it is. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's the shocking thing is that there really is no big surprise. And yeah. I watched a few of the, I didn't watch full episodes, but I, um, I, I went into the episodes that seemed like really big reviews on a theme. So they had one yeah. that was, we're going back to the farm. And we're going to sing about all the things that happen on the farm. And you have all <laughs> did of Did you see the California one? Oh, no, I did not. Where they did a whole musical number about a farmer who was going to move to San Fernando Valley. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I mean, rent is lower in Valley Village than anywhere else. But come yeah. on. You want to come hotter than the farm, but. Yeah, I don't want to. You don't want to live in the San Fernando Valley. Come on. 
But that's that's also what fascinates me to look at like how simple entertainment was at the time. Because now, first of all, everything has to happen lightning speed. We have like Quibi. Like we can't even watch a show now. We have to like watch you know, segments. And this was like literally he just would say, hi, this is a family of sisters from South Dakota. And they're going to sing for you tonight. And then they would just come out and sing. And that was it. Like yep. there was no banter. There yeah. was no... I made sure that I watched the Christmas episode because that, of course, was important. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like, and then we have Judy, who is going to sing a very pretty rendition of Silent Night. <laughs> and then she, for sure, just comes on. She's just constantly smiling. Like, face is very shiny. A lot of shiny faces back in the 70s. A lot of shiny faces, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, that was... Uh, it, like these full full-on reviews and yeah but I just love like it so speaks to also like where he came from because so he was born in 1903 in North Dakota in a German-speaking town apparently he lived in like a sod house like a made from sod oh my god okay and he wanted an accordion which by the way accordions are a whole b story on the Lawrence Welk it's a B storyline that we have to get into, but he really wanted an accordion. And his father said, I'll buy you an accordion, but you have to work on the farm until you're 21 for free. And all the music that you make from playing accordion about town, you have to give to me until you're 21 years old. And that's me. what he did. Hmm? What do you mean give to me? You have to he had to give it to his father. His father sold a cow. The music though? What does he mean? Like he wanted rights to the music? No, he, he said, just wanted the money for. Oh, the oh, money did I not that he say made. he sold a cow? So this you was. Said, you said he wanted all the music that Lawrence. Oh, oh no, sorry. He wanted made. all the money got that it, Lawrence okay. made. Okay. So he sold a cow, and to get an See, accordion. That's the kind of that's the kind of midsummer horror shit that my mind writes for his backstory. Is that it's some witchcraft thing where he's like. Son, I will give you the accordion, but the music lives in me. Like, that's just the kind of weird Dutch witch shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dutch witch. Oh, my God. Oh, my uh, God, yes. No, it was, much, it was much purer than that. He was just like, okay, look, I'm, I'm giving away a cow to get you this, so you have to work for me, and you have to give me the money that you make playing accordion around town, which, by the way, was a gig you could get. You I think that's fair. Partying around town yeah. and people would be happy about it. Like the first episode that I watched when I was like preparing for this, there were like halfway through, I had counted three accordion solos. <laughs> like, one was an entire accordion song, like entirely done. And the other two just heavily featured accordion, accordion solos. Meanwhile, I don't think I've seen an accordion in like 18 years. I know. Well, like, it makes me think of like the Mad Men episode. Did you ever see the Mad Men episode where Joan like whips out an accordion and plays? No. And it's great. It really like encapsulates this time where people were like, oh, I had no idea how talented Joan was. You know? Well, it's and like a one and a, a five and one instrument. You know, yeah. like if you if you don't have a creepy church organ to play, you can strap one on to your back and just play an accordion, maybe get a monkey. Play like a squeeze box accordion. Yes. Which it must have been really hard because they played like both sides of it, right? And they would squeeze it. I'm acting this out, which people aren't gonna be able to see, but I, I mean- Yeah, you're moving your arms, you're squeezing- You're moving the, your arms. You're putting and, and, air into it. You have I was gonna one... say, you had to like, did you have to blow in it too? No. 
No, I don't think you did, but you had um, you had a keyboard on one side and the other one, I forget what well, the other side so, is. So you're compressing in and out with the other side. Uh, yeah. So it's like a horn in that sense, or like a yes. trombone. But I also think that it's not just as simple as the other side mashing close and open. You can also tilt the panel on the other side so that if you're closing or opening it with the front, with the top part aimed in yeah. or the bottom part aimed in, it mm -hmm. does different things. It's like half notes or something. Yeah. I wish Katie, do y'all y'all remember? Well, Jonathan, you know Katie. You know Katie from Reformed Whores? No, I don't. Reformed Whores, they're the accordion country girl kind of comedy duo. They, I don't they, know they that. They did a lot of storytelling stuff in New York. No. Katie, Katie Frame, she's great. She plays the accordion and she sings like a bird. Um, I wish they were here to answer all of our accordion questions, yeah, but we'll, we'll work on it. You know, I was going to say, we need an accordion expert to come in because we are butchering yeah. what the accordion is <laughs> as we're trying to explain why it is even relevant. I mean, it's just, if you, like, think of an accordion and the music it puts out, think of a church organ, and then just think of a lot of ruffles on your clothing, and that this is the, it's the show. And to hot. Think that it's you hot. It's yeah, that's the show. That would be a major act on the Lawrence Welk show. Would be just a guy, and he'd be hot stuff. You know, this would be your yeah. big yeah. network debut, hot stuff, beautiful man playing an accordion, not singing, nothing else happening. Linda, and it's so it's so funny because I just meant hot as in all the clothing and the accordion <laughs> against your chest. But I love that you took it as like, he is, he's, but he was, he was the but hot was. guy in the ruffles. It would yeah. be like these beautiful men and women, you know, yeah. but also not necessarily. That's what I liked too. Like people looked like real people. Well, that's what's so interesting is that I would love to talk to Kristen Wiig or whoever kind of like devised that sketch mm -hmm. because as beautiful, cause there are some women on that show who are gorgeous they look like they're on the side of like they're like the Brett girl or whatever yeah. but every once in a while they'll be like the troop you know the Von Trapps of Jersey or whatever right. and they will come out and you'll look down the line of 12 of them unclear whether they're related or having sex or both and then all of a sudden you'll be looking down the domino line of them and be like oh they're so oh her eye is in a different place on one side mm. just something a little <laughs> off like not like the yeah. full forehead tiny hand but yeah. I wonder if whoever wrote that or Kristen Wiig, you know they must have like loved that show, yeah. didn't get that idea of like the the one that was like, um, she'll just lip sync and stand further back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're all sisters of God and it therefore <laughs> and, and he did call it his musical family. He said yes. everyone there was his musical family. And he had a strict moral code. Like one of his main, because, and yeah, so much to talk about, but also it was called Champagne Music. Mm -hmm. The show was, so when the show came on, it was Champagne Time. And it was called Champagne Music because that, like early on, um, someone in Philadelphia said, you know, listening to Lawrence Welk music is like drinking champagne. So it became Light and bubbly. Music. All like the bu bubbles. Light and bubbly. And that's and all Bubbles were a theme, right? Mm -hmm. So when the show started, you would see like a curtain and you would see bubbles float by and that was mm -hmm. the beginning and of the of the program. Faces would appear in the bubbles. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And he would sometimes say tiny bubbles. He actually sang a song, I think, mm -hmm. called Tiny Bubbles. He's yeah, tiny early bubbles. on. He sang Tiny Bubbles. Yes. You know Tiny Bubbles. And, and the other thing we haven't like if you hadn't ever seen the show, you might still be thinking of Lawrence Welk as just 
the producer and someone who occasionally plays accordion. The kingmaker. The fascinating thing about this time and how he was famous is that he was a compo- uh, the conductor. Like that's yeah. what he did on the show is he stood there and I want to say in finger quotes conducted. I do believe mm-hmm. he was conducting, but he was sort of just, I don't know enough about conducting to know, but it looked very like archaic. Like it looked like yeah. he just was kind of- Well, he always seemed like, to like walk away. He'd go like yeah. a one and a two and he'd do the hand things as if, you know, I could pretend I'm conducting right now. Like he'd yeah. go a one and a two and then he'd sort of walk away. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It was amazing. There, I mean, I mean, that was the last time in our history, probably, that someone could carry on their name, brand, and mm-hmm. host a show that was just a sort of present conductor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can yeah. you imagine now? Like, have you heard of this great new show, The Star of It? It's just the conductor. <laughs> yeah, it's just a guy, and he conducts music, and people just play music, and sometimes they dance. Charming. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's perfect for grandmas. Name? What yeah. was his first band name? Hotsy Totsy Boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. Well, did he play accordion in it? Did he sing? No, he was the conductor. He was like the musical oh, director my God, of, that's it, a real thing. of the Hotsy wow. Totsy Boys, which just kills me because I know, yeah. I don't know. Well, one of the things. Like racist jokes my father would tell. One of the things that I that I thought about when I was thinking about Lawrence Welk was, oh, we need some, and I said this to David, like we need some Ray Conniff singer energy going on. Mm-hmm. But that was, he was almost like a competitor to Lawrence Welk, Ray Conniff, yeah. because he, he was also a band leader who had this like wholesome, um, toothy, smiled, like singer troupe mm-hmm. behind him, you know? And so it was... A, a variation on that theme. I thought for sure the the Raycon of singers were on Lawrence Welk. Totally different thing. Yeah. Um, no, and Lawrence it was, Welk. It was, uh, the Lennon sisters. The Lennon sisters were, yeah. Lennon sisters, which I actually like queued up almost a little audio. I don't know if it will work if I put my microphone by it. Okay. But like, I just love, like this was the Lennon sisters. This was their sound that they would just come on. And it's kind of amazing. I hope it works. Let's see. May you always walk in sunshine, slumber warm when night winds blow. Isn't that just Valium? It is, but also I feel like I'm going to be stabbed. Like I feel like (laughs) if that's playing at night, my window's open, the curtain's just... Blowing in the breeze, I feel like like I'm, I'm doing I'm doing my makeup. I'm trying like, to hard sell the purity of this time, and you guys both keep going to like murder and horror and people killing. Yeah, because it well, can't be that simple. There always has to be a little bit of murder. Yeah, but well, you know I mean, he what? knocked out. This show was so popular, like because you would think like, oh, what is this? Like it's some little PBS show. He had it on KTLA, then ABC bought it. It knocked Sid Caesar's show of shows off the air. Yeah. Like it beat them in their time slot and they got canceled. Like that's how I, popular it was. I watched a news show about how popular the Lawrence Welk show had become in uh, syndication. And it was so funny because it was one of those news clips where you could barely see the reporter. And then it was clips of, you know, a lot of very old people talking about how much they 
love the show. And you know, old people always end up dressing the same. So it's timeless once you're old. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't get a grasp from the ABC News clip when it was taken. <laughs> I thought it could have been yesterday. It could have been in like 89. Right. And it was so funny because at the end they finally land on one of the singers who's a woman of an age and she says yes in in this syndication time slot um lawrence gets higher ratings than vh1 mtv and bet and that last one was the clue to be like oh my god even this clip that wow. is like feels now about an old show is old like bet hasn't been on yeah like as a music competitor in like 15 so it was so funny to see that clip about how old the show was celebrating its longevity yeah. and then realize this clip is so old like well yeah BET exists it's just not music television anymore no neither no. and for yeah. that matter it's neither is VH1 right neither is MTV, MTV. Yeah. nobody's wow. doing that anymore nobody's mm. doing just a musical performance I, the format of and I think it's time I think in in the time of corona I think we need this right now <laughs> Yeah. I, I highly suggest to everyone listening to YouTube, the Lawrence Welk show, and just put it on in the background right now, because it is a bomb for your soul. It is. Yeah, yeah. you're going to feel like your grandmother's there in the room. Yeah, um, now and there making you cookies. There's only with her cold debt. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to make it bad again. <laughs> um, th there's only so much like Golden Girls comfort that you can take. So why not do this, you know? Yeah. I did actually, I wound up just letting it play around my house. And I was like, well, this, this is delightful. Mm -hmm. And that, what yeah. was I listening to? Um, Spoonful of Sugar. I was listening to like a big band plus accordion version of Spoonful of Sugar that they worked <laughs> up. My God. I was like, well, here we go. But the show was not without controversy. They did oh. have, yeah, they would have, well, it kind of was. There were murders. It actually, he murdered everyone in the eight <laughs> Um, he, he ate all of the Lennon sisters' babies. Um, <laughs> it's great for the skin. <laughs> yeah, they are very good for the skin. There was a woman named Alice Lawn, and she was the, um, the champagne girl. Yeah. And the champagne girl was at the end of the show. She would sing like a, a downbeat number to sort of like wrap up the show. And she did very well on that. So she was like part of the musical family. And she apparently sat on a desk and crossed her legs and it ended her career. Lawrence what? was like, that's way too risque. You're out. Wow. What? Okay. Yeah. So She got fired. He thought that was far too suggestive and she got no. the ax. That's yeah, so, fascinating. So he yeah. was certainly very buttoned up. Um, he was very buttoned up. There's also something they refer to as the cheesecake incident, but no one ever explains what the cheesecake incident is. And I'm going to work on finding out what it is and get back to you guys. Okay. Well, we can always do a part two. But the Lawrence Welk Show, was, yes. um, it started, of course, in the 50s, we mentioned. And then in 1971, it was on ABC. And there was something in television at that time called The Rural Purge. Um, you had yes. a lot of television shows that uh, that kind of focused on the simplicity of rural or yep. country like life. Like Haw, Green Acres, Petticoat Green Junction, Acres. Uh, mm -hmm. and the Lawrence Welk Show. The Lawrence Welk Show being kind of the, even though it was ballroom music, it felt very uh, country in a way, very suburban, mm -hmm. very uh, of another time. And when this purge happened and you started to have uh, a little bit more 
not risque, but I guess like just more interesting television content. They just completely canceled all these shows at the same time in 1971. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the Welk show went on to do first run syndication until 1982. So it lived on even though ABC canceled it. Uh, It went on until 1982 um, creating new content. He created his own like TV distribution sort of thing. And he got like 10 million more viewers than he was getting with ABC. Similar to like, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Rural Purge, which is very difficult to say. Um, The Rural Juror, the Rural Purge was um, apparently when Hee Haw ended, they did a song that was a little bitter sounding about how basically the network didn't want any country folk anymore. And then when um, Lawrence Welk went off the air, he had the Lawrence Welk's musical family sing a song that was very similar, that was actually set to the same music. And it was called the Lawrence Welk Hee Haw <laughs> my New Jersey just came out. I had a little dumb. I'm going to go back and do that again. The Lawrence Well Kehaw Counter Revolution Polka. Oh. That God. was the last song that sung on the Lawrence Welk show. The Lawrence Well Kehaw Counter Revolution Polka. I mean, this is like wow. some silent majority Nixon era bullshit <laughs> when I hear it you know spoken like that where they're like they're not going to shut us up we want our hair done that's right um, we, phyllis schlafly's coming for you and ugh, she wants phyllis to fucking schlafly disgusting um so you can i you can go back on youtube and watch a lot of this and then also while you're at it watch some of the snl sketches uh where fred armison plays yeah. lawrence welk after the fact after you watch some of this light lovely champagne a, entertainment champagne entertainment champagne entertainment and he uh, really did for you know this guy who was born in a sod shack and his father had to sell a cow to get him his first um instrument he was when he died he was the second wealthiest entertainer in the world besides bob pope that's wild that's and, and he died in like he still lived in a he lived in a sod mansion when he died. He's lived in a sod mansion. Like he it, it's just amazing. He also was like he became a real estate person and he built like resorts and stuff. But I just think it's amazing that he never buckled. Like he never yeah. was like, yeah, we should be more hip. We should have some no. of those hippies on, or we should, you know, never. He never buckled. He it's such a testament to like do your own thing. Like yeah. you be you, there's nobody else like you, and there's a market for that. Yeah, he was filthy, stinking rich when he died. He bought I, all sod huts. I think that the city of Branson, Missouri, was like made for him. I don't think that he had a presence there, but like that kind of wholesome Americana in music mm-hmm. um, kind of place was just made for him. So, yes. and he died in the 90s, I think. Yeah, I so, think in 92. Yeah, R.I.P. Lawrence Welk. Thanks for the champagne and the memories. You Thanks know, for the champagne memories. It's so wonderful, funny, wonderful Linda, <laughs> that you were telling me that like you and Jonathan are making it dark, and it's funny because you were saying that, and I I just pulled up the internet because I wanted to look up um, uh, Alice Long, mm-hmm. and when you when you Google her, the first thing that comes up is this this story. 
Today in history, Lawrence Welk's champagne lady suffered night of terror as a victim of a violent home invasion in 1955 in North Hollywood. That's the first thing. So look, you can say that I'm dark-minded, but there's some shit happening. Well, that's well, cosmic. Oh, my God. And it happened today? Like, today in history? Uh, no, it's just, a, it's just a story that comes up Oh, my up gosh. First. Oh, I thought that you were going to say, like, this No, day. sorry. No, it's happened it's still, in June. It's still, okay, fine. It's dark. It's demonic. It's midsummer. <laughs> yes, well, you can't I have enjoyed, light without darkness, okay? Yes. I really enjoyed watching clips of this show. It really did remind me, like, how long and what an impact the show made in terms of, like, shows like Hee Haw and the Mandrell sisters and, like, Donnie Marie, like, they all, like, you know, like, our joke about how Lawrence Welk is great, but nothing happens they all were shows where younger generations were like, that's a cool idea if something happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what did that show look like? And then they made them, <laughs> hundreds of them. Yeah, variety yeah. shows, yeah. Because, you know, you think about it, like you think about even when like MTV first happened, everybody was doing the most, oh, one of the Lennon scissors just <laughs> came from Oof. the grave. Ah. Um, <laughs> Get them out of my house. I have to go sage my house now, BRB. <laughs> um, but, you know, like MTV, when music videos first came out, it was like insane. They just threw anything yeah. in there and then people made it into this art form and then it became movies and then they stopped making videos. But, um, you know, it, this was like the beginning of television and they were just like, hey, let's have a party on TV. Like he would invite you to dance. Yeah, and so you can dance in your living rooms. With and you the, dance in your living room in a chiffon a nice dress. Chiffon, tulle, um, very chiffon. flowy. We do need a little bit of that right now. So thank you for I bringing think that. I encourage people to check yeah. this out because words can't express the simplicity of it. Like the yeah. pure, it's just simple. There's and let's no, get back, get back to basics. Come on. Get back um, to basics. Well, we already talked about what we're watching to wrap up our episode. Oh, you know, we all we all watched Hollywood. Right. But what I what I really am loving right now is Mrs. America. Me too. I'm yeah. obsessed with Mrs. It's America. It's hard. It's harder to watch than I thought it was going to be. And I mean that in like I think it's I think it's doing the job, but like right. it makes me like I I uh, I'm in a phase now where if someone comes to me, I did it to a friend today who I really love right when we got on the phone. She mm -hmm. just kind of railed into like some shit that's going on. And I just said, that's all terrible. I just meditated. What are you going to have for lunch? <laughs> like, I just need to get, it's not that I don't yes. have my pocket of news reading, watching everything mm -hmm. crumble, but I can't do it all the time. And uh, no. this is America really like, I don't know if it's just now or not, but it's so beautifully acted, beautifully directed. And it's so complex. I feel for every woman on that show, even Phyllis Shapley, but I also want, her to take a long, hard fall down a flight of stairs soon. Yeah, and drink oh, some bleach. Oh, God. And drink yeah. some bleach. Yeah, yeah. It, but, it's, but it is like, and for me, like I, I, the first episode there, it ends with, there's like, just they're hanging around drinking, but it's like Shirley Chisholm and Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan and like all these, and it like actually made me like lightheaded. Like I got like a little mm -hmm. giddy at the idea of like, these women just sat around and smoked and talked to each other in a room. like. But yeah. then they also have no idea what's coming. And I think that's right. the heartbreaking part is watching, yeah. is watching. I mean, and I guess that's any generation that, well, I was about to say live through it. Jesus, I'm not that, I wasn't quite, quite around yet. Not quite there. Yes. No. But, yeah. but, but that's but, the thing too. It makes those people real for us. The people who didn't yeah. live through it, which, you know, 
yeah. a lot of people did not live through it. You know, I remember hearing about them, but it was almost folklore. Like it was almost, you know, yeah. Yeah. I love, like, I'm a big history nerd. So for me, the, that show is, I love it. Like it's made for me, but um, you do realize, yeah, like what's coming in the episode that I just watched this week, they talk about Reagan and they're like, well, he's a nut. And like all the Reagan, the Reagan people are nuts. They're not like, don't pay attention to them. And it's like the Reagan revolution is the thing that just like killed so much progress in right. this country and mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan this is the hill I will die on Ronald Reagan is a fucking nightmare and like he was just yeah one of the worst things to happen to this country and how Phyllis Schlafly brought in like uh you know anti-abortion people and yeah. anti-gay yeah. people just because it helped her numbers keep up her mailing list like that it really yeah. had nothing to do with the original mission and yeah. you know Yep, exactly. It has to do with numbers and power. And when you get that power, just how important you are to yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Phyllis. She's yeah, dead. You just fuck yourself, you, Phyllis. You just, when you get the power, you just hire the people to let Flint off the hook. Oh. Mm. We're recording this mm. on that day. I still can't believe that happened, but I can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so sorry. I didn't mean to bring it down. Wow, tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. Not. Champagne. Champagne. <laughs> Yeah, go watch some Lawrence Welk. Oh, Linda, it was I'm great drinking, having I'm you. I'm drinking midday because I had to open the bottle to have my well, cinematic in the beginning. So Also, what's and anybody also, else doing? Time is a construct. Time is a construct, yeah. and all I have to do is make it to my living room. So Great. I, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> this has been so fun having you on the show. I miss you in real life. I love you on the screen. Um, that sounds weird, but you know what I mean. I like it. It uh, sounds good. It sounds like I'm a film star. Yeah, yeah not a Pornhub star. Yeah. No, totally. no, I am definitely not. I like you on the screen. I like you on the screen, little girl. Uh, well, uh, where can, where can we Where can we find you? What, what, what are you doing? What do you want people to know about you? Oh, my goodness. I'd like Your them to sign. know that I am great at a winged eyeliner. Um, I'm recording a whole bunch of new episodes of my Hate Date podcast. I'm going to be doing that actually in the next few days, um, which is sort of the main thing that I'm doing right now because of uh, life being what it is. So, uh, but it's fun. I'm having some amazing conversations and there's new episodes coming out. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. um, I'm at Linda Walsh on all the things because I was, it was basically like Jesus, then me on social media. So I got my actual name on all of them. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love so spending fun. time with you. Hopefully it's we'll get to do it again in real life. Such a pleasure. I'm raising my champagne, invisible champagne to you. Champagne and Bailey sequ- Wash. Thanks for listening. Bye. Float, float away.